0: I'm here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. As a disclaimer, we've been friends for so long we're essentially post-verbal, so we're talking it out for you. I'm talking about the true story of Amnevil Horror. I'm disgusting. <laughs> 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 That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Okay. <clears throat> I'm discussing the disturbing dynamic between Hugh Hefner and his three girlfriends. For my story up first, the content warnings are for domestic abuse and Kendall not believing me about the ghosts. My content warning is sexual assault. Sources in the show notes. Everything's alleged, but this is definitely tell no one. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs> horror. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Okay. spooky, spooky army ever. <laughs> i'm gonna begin in december of 75 mm-hmm. the lutz family okay moves into 112 ocean avenue in the seaside town of amityville Ooh, ooh, ooh. where what state is this in it's in long island about okay. 30 miles outside of new york city yeah okay new york So the Lutz family buys this 4,000 square foot house for 80 grand. They call it a dream come true. Okay. Why'd you have to say that? Well, I think because they got this incredible house like from the bank Uh for so cheap. They're a blended family. They've been, they're like recently married. Yeah. And they're moving in with her three kids from a previous relationship. Uh So this is like their fresh family start. The Brady Bunch gone south. So during the final inspection of the house Ugh. the stockbroker tells them so they're made aware of previous violence in the house. Oh. So Kathy the the woman has a local priest come and he comes on moving move in day to bless the house. Okay. This is December 18th. My house was blessed in high school by a priest. And I remember that. We actually. were haunted, yeah. Where do you stand before before I get into it? On Amityville, and no, any kind of haunting. I think it can happen. I think so too. I don't think it's as simple as like there's a portal to hell in your basement. No, but I certainly think that if something wild enough and brutal enough happens in a space, the space holds it. There's got to be vibes. Yeah. I mean, my like four year old sister didn't go to bed with a steak knife for nothing. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like she took the knife out of the kitchen and brought into her room because she's like on her own accord yeah she's like this kid is won't stop bothering me oh and her room like this man yeah oh my fucking god yeah yeah and i do think that i know it has become so trite or whatever or it's like a movie trope Uh, yeah for little kids to be the conduit yeah but i think they're open to it because they're the closest to the World, you know, it's like animals and yeah, very recently they were not in this world. They were in another. They're more connected to the spirits. Yeah, I agree. But in this case, I don't know. I know, but follow me on it because I'm not saying it is like the movie level. Yeah, but I'm I feel that there is something happening. Yeah, this is December 18th. He comes to bless the house. Okay. Um, The family, by the way, is pretty undeterred by the violence that they know of Um, So, for instance, they buy this house with a lot of the previous owner's furniture still in it. Oh. So, they're not like a spooky, spooky family. right? They're very much like, yeah, but we're happy people, so we'll move in and make it a happy space. Right. Like, whatever. That's their shit. That's no shit off my shit. That happened to them. Right. You know? Right. So, the priest is going through the house doing the blessing. Mm -hmm. He gets to this one room. It is freezing cold. And he says to himself, it's peculiar... Because while it was winter, it was a mild winter day. Mm-hmm. So nothing that would account for this temperature drop. Mm-hmm. He's sprinkling the holy water, and he hears a masculine voice behind him saying, get out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh! Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. He is startled. Yeah. And I would be. But you know what you came here for. You know what you're fighting. Yeah. So then he feels a pain across his face as though he'd been slapped. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <Fuck>. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, He leaves the room I mean, I assume he finishes Yeah, he's like, oh, weird He doesn't tell the Lutzes about the voice Okay But he does tell them, don't ever use it as a bedroom Don't let anybody sleep in there Oh, and they're like, okay They don't ask any (laughs) follow-ups Yeah yeah. Okay, so when he arrives home from the Lutzes, He discovers unexplained blisters forming on his hand Ah Like, the idea is stigmata Uh Uh-huh And he also develops flu-like symptoms, like a high fever. Hmm. Ten days later, he calls the family again because he can't get it off his mind. (laughs) He tells them to stay out of the room completely. He's like, you know what I said? Um, just bar the doors. (laughs) (laughs) Just be safe. (sighs) Are you committed to the home? Lock it. Lock the door. Lock the door. Throw away the key. So beginning my first night in the home, the family have their own fears happening. Okay. So they there are foul odors that they cannot find the source of. Mm. So in, in different odors in different places. Oh, geez. So like the smell of bile, for instance. Ew. What good God. God. Oh, come on, you guys. <laughs> oh, good God. That's disgusting. Oh, that's really gross, you guys. <laughs> George, the husband slash stepfather, is being woken up at 3.15 every night. Is that that's the witching hour? Yes, or is that two? I think it is like three o three or something. For him, he's saying three fifteen, and when he does, he often has an intense feeling to check the boathouse. Oh, so they're on the water. Okay, check the boathouse for what? If I have an intense feeling to check the boathouse, that's the one place I'm not going. Check it for what? That's like me. I wake up. I'm like, where's my passport? During one of these events, he is immobilized in bed, unable to move. Um, He said it felt like he was being held down by an unseen force, which could be... um, Sleep paralysis. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I remember one time my friend and I were like deep on a weird website and we were reading. They're like, have you ever woken up and felt like a body was on top of you? We're like, oh my God, yeah. And it was like, those are reptilian monsters in your room. And we're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, God. Great heavens. (laughs) Also okay, so also the family members' personalities start changing hmm. pretty drastically. So the adults are becoming uncharacteristically like stern or even violent with the kids. Mm. Lead paint in this house. Is there lead paint? Yeah. So like there are weird things where they had never been hit before, but suddenly they're being like hit with like wooden spoons. Like their parents had these weird outbursts. Yeah. And they're like, mom has never done that. And Ooh. I've known George. For, he hasn't done this. She. Oh, wow. There's an issue with flies in the house. Oh, like random, no. Random swarms of flies. That B- they can't find again. They can't find the source of. That would bother me. <laughs> <laughs> that would literally bother me. <laughs> I feel like fucking yucky. Trying to go to sleep like this And like the big flies. Mm-hmm. You can look like, at when you swat them. You like feel their impact on your hand. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stains appear that cannot be lifted. Ew. One of the sons, Christopher, who is—I think he's nine at the time—they're mm. all like under ten. Oh wow! He remembers a strange coldness. Um, like, you couldn't get warm in the house. Uh. Um. They had a fire. They kept their fireplace burning day and night. Hmm. He said that George would sit in front of the fire for, like, long stretches of time because you couldn't get warm. Hmm. Uki, um, another son, Daniel... So he has his hand out- outside of an open window at one point. Yeah. The window slams down his hand Ouch. as if someone had pulled it down with great strength. Ow. Ouchy ouchie. Broken. And then he also said, like, it was... Obviously, owie. Yeah. And then almost like inexplicably, it healed the next day. A strain. Yeah. The windows and the. Have you seen the image of the home? Yeah. The kind of the two windows up top oh, that look yeah. like eyes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that is really what the house does look like. That movie isn't filmed in the house or anything, but right. that is based off of the actual home. Yeah. And so those windows were in the boys' shared bedroom. <sighs> and they say that they would always open on their own. Hmm. That's why it's so fucking cold in there. Oh, your windows are open, girls. What do you mean your arm was out the window one day? What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And they're like the kind of windows that eye shaped windows yeah aren't like a pull-up one right they're like a they swing outwards right but you lock them shut obviously right they're like the twisty yeah yeah and um they say that they would like violently swing open at all hours oh fuck you how do they unscrew that is crazy fuck that Ugh, loud. And, like, having to get out of bed to, like, close it. Ugh, cold. Ugh. Like, oh, my God. Winding it up. Like, what and why am oh, I even doing fuck? this for? <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to school tomorrow. At one point, the front door blows outward. Mm-hmm. And you know how front doors obviously in. open inward? Uh-huh. And, like, repairmen are dumbfounded. They're like, we have no idea how, how this door could do that. Yeah, they don't go the other way. Like, no. no door can go, go all both the way <laughs> in and all the way out. <laughs> so you're, like, working in a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the front door would slam in the middle of the night. Ugh, yeah. Fuck off. They're so bitter. This one I hate. Okay. Eyes peering in from uh, outside. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Who's eyes? I don't know. I don't like that one. No, I don't like that one either. Yeah, it's giving moon face. Kathy, the mother, would have the sensation of being touched when no one else is in the room. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> They say it was as if they were each living in a different house. So they're all getting their own torments? Their own personal torments? And when they ask each other, like, hey, they're like, what are you talking about? I've never had the windows open, or I've never had, I've never felt touched, but they each have their own thing. Like, no, that's ridiculous. But! (laughs) But like... No, the windows don't open, but we're all getting touched, right? (laughs) No, mom. No, mom. Just you. (laughs) at night right <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god um also their dog harry oh no don't touch dog <laughs> he is normally um very energetic oh but god. at this house he is becoming increasingly lethargic mm. um there's also one time when he almost choked himself because he tried to scale the fence <gasps> he wants out, out. Oh my God. He sees the writing on the wall. Yeah. Why'd you fucking bring me here? Hey folks. That's sad. Yeah. Animals animals and kids are super in touch with the bad and good spirit. After weeks of this, they called the priest to have him return for another blessing. (laughs) We got to re up on the blessing. Once more with feeling. (laughs) Okay. The priest felt as though he was still dealing with the effects of the first blessing He says, no, he's like, I'm not, I'm just getting over that fever. No, he says, no, you got to look out for number one. (laughs) That's draining. I'm not, I can't come. No is a full (laughs) sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this is my boundary. (laughs) So the family try to do it themselves. I don't know if I do that. They get a crucifix off the wall. (laughs)
1: which like are you allowed to do that that,
0: okay (laughs) they walk through the house reading prayers with the crucifix Mm -hmm. a chorus of voices erupted asking them will you stop stop hey you respect us we'll try to respect you (laughs) Ooh, will you stop a chorus will you stop (laughs) oh i hate that one i know at this point the priest is again trying to contact them Okay. To warn them further, because I think at this point he is like, I think you need out of the home. Uh huh. Like I'm not coming back, and like don't fuck around. Yeah, don't fuck around. Just go. Mm -hmm. But when he tries to get through to them on the phone, Uh static and noise interference prevent him from getting through to them Uh -uh. every time. Oh no. Calls. He's there's one call that he gets on with them that as he's trying to say leave, Uh it cuts out. Um. So and he's like, I'm certainly not driving over there. Well, if you want to pay for my gas. Right. Mileage? I'm not going back. I think he's like, I'll be attacked. Right. Right. He might be attacked. Yeah. I'd attack him first. Oof. If I were. A ghosty. So they live there only for a month. Whoa. They last 28 days. (gasps) And then they flee the home. (gasps) They grab an armful of belongings each. They leave food in the fridge. So they moved in December 18th. They flee on January 14th. Whoa. And they... Won't talk about the last few days. The mother is like, we we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! So let's get into what they might be feeling. Uh huh. The DeFeo family. Yes. So thirteen months before the Lutzes moved in. Yes. This was the home of the DeFeo family. Yes. They bought the house in sixty-five. They're a family of seven. Uh huh. Too many. Off the top, that's too many. That's a lot. Ronald and Louise are the parents. And then they go Ronald Jr. who goes by Butch. Mm-hmm. How do you earn that name? Then they go... So Butch, Don, Allison, Mark, and John. Okay. They have a wooden sign at the entrance of the house that says High Hopes. The family does seem to have some underlying fucking issues. The father mm-hmm. is abusive Ugh. to the wife and children. Oi. Through the wife... Louise, mm-hmm. through her father, Michael Briganti, there were ties to the Gambino crime family. Because oh, <laughs> they moved here from Brooklyn, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Ronald, the father, works at his father-in-law, so Briganti's car dealership in Brooklyn. Oh, wink, wink. Car dealership. In got Brooklyn. it. Got it. <laughs> okay, so Butch's friends are afraid to go to his house because some had witnessed Ronald senior flying to a rage and either hit Louise or butch yeah I don't want to come over bad vibes oh today we're gonna go out to Long Island to witness some domestic violence no thanks <laughs> <laughs> I could do it in Brooklyn yeah one friend calls it a crazy house <clears throat> people were always yelling and whatever bad vibes yeah it was Simple like as that bad vibes over there yeah as butch got older his temper became worse than his father's oh. There were physical fights between the two of them. Uh Uh-oh. Butch is unpredictable. His temper would flare for no reason. Well, maybe it's because he was abused. (laughs) Uh, Getting the shit kicked out of him by his dad. Seemingly no reason. (laughs) So at one point, his parents send him to a psychiatrist. Oh. Uh, I can solve it for you. Stop hitting him. That's like, we think you're cracked. After psychiatry failed, they resorted to giving him kind of whatever he wanted, including a speedboat. Okay um Butch is asked to leave Amityville High School at 17. Uh huh. He starts using drugs like LSD and I think eventually heroin. Gotta do it. They <laughs> 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 <You> don't. They <laughs> <laughs> don't. His erratic behavior worsens and. Untreated mental illness in it. So, like, once on a hunting trip, he aims his rifle at a friend. Oh, I'm not hanging out with Butch anymore. I'm not going hunting with Butch. He had known this guy since they were kids. And this guy is either, he's like angry or just fucking freaked out because he leaves the trip early. A little bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) Or a little bit of both. (laughs) And the next time Butch sees him, he says, why'd you leave so soon? What's wrong? What happened? That was a great little trip. Shame it had done so early. I don't like Butch. I don't like Butch. At 18, Butch is working for his father, meaning sometimes he comes into work and sometimes he doesn't. Right. Either way, he gets a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, though, people say he's an all right guy until he starts drinking. Oh. So like a server at a local bar remembers him throwing bar stools on pool cues one night. Okay. Stop. Literally like sit. Chill. Sherry Klein, his girlfriend. Uh Uh-oh. You think he treats her well? (laughs) He was really a great partner. (laughs) Says, I never saw any of that. Oh, really? No. (laughs) um, She was once shoved across the room by him when she tried to calm him down about fucking something else. Uh Uh-huh. She had to climb through a window to get home to her parents and away from him. Ooh, not good. When we're like escaping our partner, I don't know. There's also an incident with a neighbor. He accuses this woman's little girl of throwing rocks at a religious shrine the DeFeos had in their yard. Oh right. Um, the woman is like, I don't think so, man. <laughs> So he starts screaming at her. Oh, God. He's yelling, like, if you were a man, I'd punch you in the face. Or if, like, if your husband has a problem, get him out here. No way. No. So she walks away. But as she's walking away, he continues yelling at her and berating her, like, her whole walk back into her home. That guy's your neighbor? Fuck. Sucks. Sucks. And, like, can't drop it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. she's walking away from you. Drop and he's it. like, ble, 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 ble. Yeah. like Doodle Bob, and he's still trying to like incite something. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not taking your bait, Butch. Mm-hmm. Hey, Butch. We're all trying to have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> guns, 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 guns. There's yeah. an incident where his father confronted him about a missing twenty grand deposit. Oh, for whoa. the dealership that Butch was supposed to make. Oh, whoa. Butch says the money was stolen. His father is like, by, by you. you? <laughs> By you, Butch. My shithead little boy. Yeah. And he threatens his father with a gun. Oh. Um, Police are called and Butch is uncooperative and violent with even them. This is bad, huh? This is bad. November of 74, Butch is on probation. He had stolen something. Yeah. So he's 23. Whoa. He's back at the dealership because he can do fuck all and he'll get a pay stub for his probation officer. So Uh that is like important for him. Yeah. November 14th. Mm-hmm. He leaves his, he lives at the family home. Yeah. And I know in the movie they have him like living in the basement. Mm-hmm. That is not true. He just like lives in his room still. Right. He lives in the room with the eye windows. Oh. 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 So he leaves the house early for work that day. He stops by a luncheonette to oh, kill time. Wh- whatever that is. I think it's like a breakfast. Like bar. a diner? Yeah. Okay. Just just say that. You already have a name for those. He is so early for work that he's actually killing time until the dealership even opens. All right. And this is someone who rarely even comes in at noon. So weird. So he has breakfast there with his girlfriend and a friend, Bobby. Um, Throughout that day, he complains that he's not able to get in touch with his family. Oh. He tells friends that all the cars (laughs) were in the garage, but no one was answering the phone. Didn't you just come from home? I think now we're at like noon we're ah. talking throughout the entire day he's like hey i can't get in touch with my family okay mm. he calls the house in front of his girlfriend and he's like fuck no answer very loudly oh no answer i'm trying to contact my <laughs> living relatives <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> 6 p.m that night he's at a bar near home mm-hmm. called henry's bar again he calls home Jeez. Again, he complains about getting no answer. He makes a big show of it. He says he's going to he's going to go home and break into the house through a window. So it's locked, too? Why would it be locked? Why don't you have a <laughs> key? What are you talking about? You live there. What the fuck are you talking about? Are you preemptively explaining why the front door is locked? Aye. A half hour later, so 6.30 p.m., he returns to the bar and he calls out to patrons saying his parents have been shot. Oh, what? you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Hmm. A group returned to the house with him. Okay. They find the bodies of all six of his family members <sighs> and a friend calls the police. There it is. Oh, fuck, there it is. <laughs> there it is. So what happened in the middle of the night on November 13th? Yes. So the night before. Yeah. All but one member of the DeFeo family were murdered. Yeah. All were shot. And I think that's interesting. <laughs> all were shot with a rifle at around 3.15 a.m. All were found dead in their beds on their tummies. Mm. Laying on their tummies. They're all tummy sleepers? They were shot in the back. And for the most part, apparently while they were asleep. Yeah. No sign of struggle. No sign of having been drugged. No local report of gunshots. So, neighbors say they didn't hear any gunshots. Only, even the ones who were awake at the time only recall the DeFeo dog barking away. Poor thing. Did the dog die? No, he's barking at fucking Storm all night. Okay. I don't understand the gunshot thing. Like, not like the neighbors not hearing it, maybe. Because how did no one in the home wake up? That I do not understand. Because he didn't have, he didn't even own a silencer. Yeah. And the police say, like, there's no sign that he used one. Or he, like, made one a makeshift one there, or anything. He didn't. What the um, fuck? So how would no one in the neighborhood have heard? Yeah. And this is, like, a suburban neighborhood. Right. This is not like you'd hear it and go, yeah, that's happening. What? And that's, like, at least six gunshots? Yeah. Eight. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. Also, how would no one in the home have heard it and woken up? Or at least moved a little bit, like, from their stomachs, turned over, like... There's a little bit of that. Okay. But there's no struggle. Like, nobody got up like, hey, what was that? Mm. This article says it was, if you were to believe in these things, it was as if a supernatural force had somehow silenced the weapon or kept those six victims in a trance until it had had happened. Hmm. All I'm saying is, like, I'm middle of the road in terms of believing shit. Yeah. And this is, there's something spooky. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I had heard... Like I'm in bed and I hear like three, but I'm like dead asleep. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm alive asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear three like gunshots. It takes a little while for you to figure out that you're even awake and like what's going on. Like you don't wake up like alert, like gunshots in the house. But I think you jolt awake if you hear something that loud. I think you jolt awake and, and you the go, huh? And truthfully, like, I don't know how loud a gunshot even is. Like I've never heard it, one it in depends, real life. It depends, I think. It depends. It is a rifle. Yeah. So it would be pretty loud. Yeah pretty fu- like the room over that's really fucking like, loud through one wall yeah that's loud or even the boys share a room so one right. of them gets shot in the bed next to you and you don't wake up maybe it was so fast like they literally like shoot that one literally eyes open yeah maybe. move head and then they're already shot maybe but the, how do you yeah you're right though how do you explain the whole house like so that i don't when, know. when you hear a gunshot and then you hear four, four more, more? How do you still not getting get louder up. and louder and closer to you? Because he, whoever doing this, is stalking through the home, uh-huh. going room by room. Uh huh. I don't know how they didn't hear it. I don't I know really either. Don't know. No one knows. And they're for sure not drugged. There's a whole report done. Mm. They're not drugged. Parents were each shot twice, and the kids each shot once. They all bled to death in bed. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The father was shot twice in the lower back. Mm-hmm. One bullet exploded into his kidney and exited his right nipple. Hmm. <sighs> what hell? <laughs> the other entered the base of his spine and was lodged into his neck. He could have been alive for a few seconds or even a few minutes. Oof. Hate it. The mother was shot twice. The bullets entered her right flank and chest. They shattered her ribcage, splintered her bone, destroyed most of her right lung, diaphragm, and liver. Yoinks. Although face down, her chest was slightly raised from the bed and her body was turned to the right. She could have been alive for several minutes after being shot, perhaps as many as 10. Whoa, whoa. Her position indicated that she may have woken up, raised her upper body off the bed, yeah. and turned and looked towards the bedroom door yeah. so at the killer. Yeah. I was going to say, wh- yeah, why is it like in the side? Like She must have turned. She turned. Yeah. Woo. You see your son. What do you do? You go fuck Mark, who is twelve, and John, who is nine. They share a room. Mm-hmm. They were both shot in the back at close range. The killer stood between their beds, less than two feet away. The bullets penetrated the liver, diaphragm, lungs, and heart of each heart. The bullets went through the boys' mattresses and into the box springs. Yeah, it's a fucking rifle. It's Maybe for like that's long- silencing a little bit. I don't know. Maybe like he put it if he put it like on their blankets, it would have been kind of a. He's silencer. two feet apart. He's two feet away. Oh, great! I can't figure it out. I don't know. John's maybe. spinal cord was severed, which may have caused involuntary twitching in the lower body while he was dying. He's nine. Okay, He's a baby. Allison, who is thirteen, was shot once in the face from less than two feet away. Face? What's that about? He said, "Fuck you, Allison." <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> What's that about? See, maybe she was awake. I don't know. She may have turned around and saw the gun. Yeah. I don't know why this whole thing makes me so burpy. Can you, like, stress burp? Yeah. I got that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I got that. (laughs) The bullet entered her left cheek and moved to her right ear. It tore into her brain and damaged her skull. The bullet exited, ripped through the mattress, hit the back wall, and ricocheted to the floor. Wow! And Dawn, who was 18, was shot at the back of the neck from two and a half feet away. Oh. The bullet entered just below her left ear and blasted through the left temple and onto her pillow. The left side of her face collapsed. Uh Uh-uh. And brain particles mixed with blood saturated her pillow. Nah. Well, he, no. He hated dawn. So, Butch's story. Oh, good God. He says on the morning of the 13th. So, they're killed the night of the 13th. Right. Early morning of the 14th. Right. Yeah. So, he says that on that morning of the 13th, he stayed home from work with an upset stomach. So, he basically rests all day. Okay. He falls asleep at night at around 2 a.m. Okay. He wakes up at 4 a.m. with pains in his stomach and said that he saw his brother Mark's wheelchair outside the bathroom door. His brother had broken his leg. Oh. He said he saw the bathroom light on from under the door and heard the toilet flush. So that's at 4 a.m., the day that they're supposed to have died, Been died an hour prior. Yeah. So he says that, like, he was so rested from not doing shit the day before, he, he was sleep. like, fine, I'll just get up now. It's right. 4 a.m. I'll just get up really early. Uh-huh. So that is supposed to explain his like super early start on the 14th. (laughs) It's such bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And then the 14th happens as previously explained. He gets to work. He's worried all day about his family. Right. He's at the bar at six. Blah, Uh blah, blah. Uh And then he says it. So at the bar, when he's worried, he decides to go home and check on them. Yeah. He goes home, finds the front door locked, Hmm. gets in through a window and discovers his whole family killed. Shocker! So you discovered the front door locked, but an hour before you, you said I'm going to go break in the house. Yeah, and also they never left the house. Who locked it? If not you, when you left in the morning? Da. I guess a random person who a came in mob hit. Oh no! Well, <laughs> <laughs> so he says it's mob related. Well, that's convenient. He tells some story, and they're like the only people in the world who like this could be true, right? But. My thought is if he genuinely thinks it's a mob hit, he's not talking about it. Yeah, Agreed. He tells some story about how he had pissed off some guy at the dealership and he had lost his temper with him. His dad later tells him, shut the fuck up. That is a, that is a maid. That's a big Don. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then he's like, the guy threatens Butch to the dad. The dad has to say, if you ever touch my son, I'll kill your whole fucking family. Uh, And then it's on. And then it's on and they kill everyone but Butch. All right. Because <laughs> he loves his family so much. That'll hurt him really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Which is known to be a family man. <laughs> That's a story he tells off the top. Okay. But quickly he is not acting right. Mm-hmm. Um, he inquires about insurance money pretty quick. <laughs> um, but mostly though, it's things like when the cops talk to him about his family, uh-huh, he can't muster up love. Uh huh. So they ask him if he ate dinner with them that night that before they died. He says no, he didn't. They ask him why. He says because his mother was a lousy cook and that she made some brown shit in a bowl for dinner that he wasn't going to eat. And I hate that bitch. Oi! Couldn't cook for shit. Come on, my dead mommy. Ooh. And they died like a day ago, right? <laughs> he described his brothers Mark and John as fucking pigs. Oh, little boys. His little boys? Okay. He said they shared a bathroom and that he they left it a mess all the time with toilet paper hanging out of the toilet and shit <laughs> on the back of the seat. Well, that might have happened. <laughs> that for sure happened. Yeah. But like, who, who are you to say You're that? You're in mourning, butch. <laughs> Act like it. Like, read your lines before you come in. For real. When asked about Dawn, he describes her as a fat fuck who played her music too loud. He's just listing why I want to kill these (laughs) people, you idiot. He said that when he would yell at her to turn it down, his father would intervene and hit him. Well, I would too. You sound like a fucker. You calling your sister a fat cunt? Yeah. I'll hit you too. I'll hit you, (laughs) butch. Getting killed by your own kid. Rough. Rough, because you made him. Mm -hmm. What'd you do? You hit the shit out of him? Oh, you hit the shit out of him. The thing too is like, just kill your dad yeah i mean don't kill nobody killed your dad <laughs> just kill your dad everyone but, he, <laughs> but uh, like if you are fucked up and a lot of what he will say later on is that it was untenable living in that home leave leave you're 23 yeah or just kill the guy who's making it impossible to be happy right but he's listing he's like i also hate my mother stupid bitch i also hate don fat bitch i like <laughs> he hates them all he had nothing to say about allison interesting <laughs> i think she was just like A book reader. He's like, she didn't really help me that much. I don't really know Allison that well. (laughs) (laughs) So then they tell him that they have the murder weapon, they have the rifle, and they have the ammo, they have all of it. And they're able to determine that all members of the family were killed between three and four. So So while you were home. Yeah. According to your story, they were killed while you were home. Yeah. You dumb fuck. Yeah. Like, maybe he thought they couldn't determine the time of death. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. At this point... He puts his head in his hands and asks them to give him a minute. Then he confesses. There it is. Here we go. He tells them, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It happened so fast. Damn. Okay. He bathed, redressed, and got rid of blood, stained clothes, and evidence um, before going to work as usual that morning. So throughout the trial, he'll give many contradictory accounts of what happened that night. Of course. He'll plead insanity. He'll try to split the blame with his sister Dawn. She shot herself in the face? Well, he says that, like, they had to plan together to kill the parents, just those two. Oh, okay. And that after he did that, he found her killing the little kids. Oh, my God. He said that she was like, it's too horrible for them to live with what this, what just happened. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to kill them, too. And then he got so mad at her, he killed her. That's such a Chris Watts I know. bullshit line. Giving the girl you killed some of the blame. Uh-huh. <laughs> fuck yourself, uh-huh. Butch. Yeah. Literally um, lowest of the low. Oh, that's really low, Butch. <laughs> yeah. He gets six life sentences because you killed six people. Yep. But there's something interesting happening with the cops in that town. I bet there are, yeah. They have a shockingly high confession rate, like 93% confession rate, where I think the average is like 30. Yeah. So there's some case to be made about like if he was under duress uh-huh. during this confession. Uh-huh. Because there are even things like they ask him, how did nobody wake up? Yeah. He tells them, um, I drugged them. Oh. But they do the whole toxicology and... In- they had not been drugged. There Uh there was, they're like, we went through everything that could possibly affect them. There was no sedation happening. Weird. So some things don't quite add up like that. Yeah. Other friends say that, and like, look, I don't think Dawn had anything to do with it. Yeah. But some friends say life for Dawn was so hard in that home Uh that I could see her snapping in some way. Hmm. There's also a lot about could he have done this alone at 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 all? all. That's good. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people think it was a friend of his, not Don who helped him. Right. But, um, they do have these like family connections. So he has an uncle, butch has an uncle who's helping him out, paying for a good lawyer. And this uncle is like, I don't think my fucking nephew could have done this alone. Mm. So he hires a private detective to investigate the whole thing mm-hmm. and this they testify at trial like that he could not have done this alone hmm during a private court hearing and a trial this is like years later mm-hmm. the detectives findings were corroborated by a prosecutor and medical examiner who was astonished that one man sat accused of being the sole gunman hmm so that is like there's something there mm. what about the ballistics <laughs> <laughs> Does it say they all came from one gun? um Yeah, they did all come from one gun. So they handed each other the other gun. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Forensic files are always talking what about like the about the, the grooves in the bullets after, from a right. gun. <laughs> there was also some stuff about Dawn where her postmortem exam discovered that she had unburned powder burns on her nightgown, which lent credence to Butch's claims that she had involvement in the actual killings. Huh. And none of it is to say it's not Butch's fault. Right. But it's all certainly his fault. There could be something additional, you know? Yeah. Paranoid psychosis. Yeah. Dui. That probably was present. Because he seemed to truly believe that if I didn't kill them, they were all going to kill me. Okay. Yeah. That's a problem anyway he goes to jail forever he recently died oh he did last year <gasps> oh my god yeah he was like sev 6970. has he's never said anything about it he talks constantly about it oh he gives a new story all the time though um, oh so it really is like as if he's not talking <laughs> okay okay um, it'd be easier if you just didn't say anything actually. <laughs> it'd be like cooler if you did it you're mucking this up <laughs> Last thing, so after the Lutz family fucking fled, mm-hmm. Lorraine Warren, you know the uh, Conjuring movies? Yeah. They're based on the, that couple who goes around. Yeah. They're real people. Uh-huh. They came to the home, uh-huh. and they had this famous photo. I'll actually find it for you. It's a famous photo that they took in the home. A bunch of paranormal investigators like took over the house for a few days, and they set up cameras all around, and they had this photo they took- of like an upstairs landing kind of, it's like the banisters and a few doorways Uh and they caught what looks like a little boy in the photo. Uh Oh Oh, no. Oh, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. Okay. Oh no. (laughs) Shut up. No, there were no kids in the house at the time that the photo was taken. So this is a photo of, like I said, a, a, a banister of a staircase and there's a bedroom <laughs> on the left, a bedroom on the right. They're both doors have, are both open, and there's a little boy peeking out from the one on the left. There's a full boy. It's there's not like, like literally no. It's not an apparition. It's not no. an orb. There is a what looks like a little boy, a full on boy, <laughs> like uh, like a nine year old boy. Fuck you, seriously. Either way, like they reported feeling. An overwhelming depression in the house when they visited it. Yeah, I would. I think that the original, the movies explain what happens to the Lutz family in the home. Yeah. Saying that like whatever force overtook Butch Butch. DeFeo is happening to George Lutz now. Uh Uh-huh. And it is like an ancient darkness. Curse. Right? Something like that. Like I think it it is literally like an Indian burial ground. Yep. Sorry. Native American burial ground. Yeah. I feel like. The Lutzes probably had something happening, uh-huh. but it was just bad vibes. It was just what Butch had done on his own. Yeah. That would fuck up your life. Yeah. If you moved into that. House. That energy alone, the oldest brother, imagine it, Your older brother goes systematically through your home uh-huh. at 3am uh-huh. with a rifle shooting your parents and each sibling as he goes and gets to your door. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that'll, that's enough bad juju to last a fucking lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And only what? A year later you move in. 13 months later you move in. You're going to have bad vibes. And stains. And there are going to be stains. <laughs> and maybe some smells. <laughs> For sure. Ugh. There's also um, weirdness about the blood splatter. Uh-huh. Um, that it just doesn't quite match up to the story. generally recognized story of what happened that night. <sighs> huh. There's a lot of weird shit happening, folks. I'm done. I'm spooked. All right. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? What am I telling you about? The cultural phenomenon that was The Girls Next Door, of course. Completely. I remember watching this show in the summer with, like, my baby. Like, I just got out of the pool, like, eating a Popsicle. Age, what, nine, ten? I remember doing the Girls Next Door workout video. Oh, no, <laughs> Annie, we did that. Okay, so... For those not in the know, Girls Next Door is a reality TV show which focused on the lives of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends who lived with him at the Playboy Mansion. It premiered on E! in August 2005 and ran for six seasons, but the first five are the ones that are good <laughs> <laughs> and followed the three, Holly Madison, Bridget Marcourt, and Kendra Wilkinson. The sixth and final canceled season started in October two thousand nine, and was his new girlfriend's Crystal Harris, who later became uh-huh. his wife, and the twins Christina and Carissa Shannon. Yeah, uh huh. It. <laughs> it's so fucking gross. Like, I googled pictures of them, and it's fucking the twins disturbing. Yeah, it's just pictorials of them like almost about to kiss. Like, no. it's really bad. Yeah, it's disgusting. Well, twins fuck each other. I know that actually. I know a, a pair of twins that do do that. <laughs> um, and then, so Kendra and Holly both got spinoffs. And then Bridget did, I think, a travel show, like Sexy Beaches or something. Yeah. So Holly Madison is, <laughs> <Sexy> <laughs> I think <Bridget> it's <laughs> literally called Sexy Beaches, like or like World's Sexiest Beaches. Like, yeah. Holly Madison was born in Oregon, and then she moved to Alaska, and then in middle school moved back to Oregon. So she went to Portland State University for two years, and then she moved to um LA and attended Loyola Marymount. I read her book down the rabbit hole twice, actually, but I just reread it again in preparation. And she talks about how, from a young age, she really idolized and wanted to emulate Marilyn Monroe and was very into her. And so she knew she wanted to be in the spotlight, be an actress, do all that stuff. So that's sure. why she moved to LA. To afford her college tuition, she became a Hawaiian tropic model and worked as a waitress at Hooters. She told a story in her book about getting like three credit cards to pay for her boob job, um, I think when she was in college. And so her appearance at these events, like she would be around people who knew Hugh Hefner and and knew the mansion. So she would get invitations to the parties. She eventually moves in with him, but I'll talk about that later. So Bridget was born in Oregon as well. um, And after Her birthday moved back to California where she really was raised. Her friend suggested that she pose for Playboy. She sent a letter to Playboy inquiring how to become a Playmate. Then she went to college. In 1998, age 25, she entered Playboy's Millennium Playmate search. Holly... Also auditioned for that, and it was basically just like a publicity stunt. Like none of the girls who actually auditioned were chosen. It was like a, a veteran model who was eventually chosen, but yeah. it was a publicity thing. Like there was a big Playboy bus that like went for every city and like hometown Hottie thing. Yeah. So like girls auditioned. So she moved to LA as well and did local modeling jobs and small acting roles. Um, she tested twice for Playboy and was never given a photo shoot or my whatever. recollection from the show. I have flashes of it every yeah. now and then. Yeah, she was the one who was like this. This is my dream yes to yeah. be in playboy i mean yes so she tested twice and never got it and then she was invited to the playboy mansion and then became a regular and then she was invited to be one of his girlfriends so born in san diego california kendra wilkinson was raised in san diego and played softball um she left high school and she began working as a glamour model and mm-hmm. also briefly worked as Very an British admin <laughs> an admin assistant in a dentist's office um she met Hugh at his 78th birthday party in April 2004. Oh, 78. <laughs> where she appeared as one of the painted girls, the women who were nude except for their bodies were painted. Uh, Hefner had seen a photo of her on the fax machine at the Playboy Mansion wanted to know who she was. Shortly after they met, Hefner asked Wilkinson to be one of his girlfriends and he moved her into the mansion. So in a 2014 interview, Wilkinson explained, I was like, hell yeah, I'm here. I was living in this small ass apartment with this ugly ass bitch. <laughs> I was praying for anything to get me out of there. I I'd moved in and weeks went by and I didn't know that sex was involved. I knew nothing about Playboy. I had just graduated high school. Oh, She's 19 at the God time. God damn it. Yeah. Is sex involved? Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's like understood. Um, So Holly talks about how she was invited to a party. And the thing about Holly that I think I understand is that she really is fascinated by like old Hollywood and like prominent people. Like, I think she was probably fascinated by such an iconic figure as Hugh Hefner. The idea of him. Yeah. And like being invited to the Playboy Mansion. Like, I bet that she said that was on her bucket list. Like she wanted to go to a party there. Sure. I think that honestly... Honestly, in the early 2000s, I think a lot of people felt that way. She tells a story about how like 70s and 80s kind of playboy fell out of fashion. Like it mm. wasn't that cool. And he I'll just call him Hef. <laughs> and Hef, <laughs> um, he kind of retreated. He's kind of like a homebody. And then, yeah, then he, I think, separated from his wife in around like 97, 98. And his friends like wanted to get him to go out. And he went out and people fond over him mm. like they were like oh my god Hugh has to like an iconic figure and he's like 75 and he's at this club like what yeah. the hell he's and, in pajamas yeah he's in his like robe with the pipe and the, the shit yeah and people are like holy shit so he's like oh maybe this is cool and then it kind of made playboy cool again yeah that's when this started happening around 2000 and when it was really um popping off again she said that in the book that she fell for the glamour like yeah. when she's in there she really fell for the glamour she, she fell sh- in the grotto Okay, so she's at a Hawaiian Tropic thing, like when she's working as a model. Hugh Hefner's physician is there, his like personal doctor oh, is there and like comes up to him and he's like, would you be interested in coming to a party at the Playboy Mansion? There's such a clear type for Heft. There's no like, I don't know if he'd like you. You know, know who like, blonde, he's going to like. skinny. Do you yeah. want to come to the Playboy yeah. Mansion? Like you're already a model. So she gets invited to the midnight some, or like some whatever. Midsummer's Night Dream Party. She introduces herself to Hef and she's like nervous. And then she gets asked back to her, the sun, fun in the sun Sunday pool party. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So she goes to those. You sound like Mary-Kate Nashley movies. Yeah. And it's just like girls. It's like a smaller group. So it's more of an exclusive invite. She talks about how there are men there, but Hef made it very clear that those men were not to interact with us. Like huh. we were there for him no guy is going to go hit on us in front of half. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, they're basically like window dressing. I've seen them on the show, like set up for that party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and I wondered, sorry, but like, I wonder how he picks. There's something about personality here, right? No, not really. But I'll tell you how he <laughs> talks about how he, the elimination process and things like that. She's at the party. She tells the story of how she's at a Sunday Sunday fun, whatever the fuck party. And there's like masseuse there. If anyone wants to get a massage, there's a, a gym and you want to work out while you're there, whatever. And so she's like, I'm standing in the bathhouse or something. And I meet this woman and she's like, and her boobs were so huge. She's like, I couldn't even like look at her face. Like they were look like they were bursting from her skin. And then the masseuse had to get extra pillows because she couldn't lay down flat because her boobs would hurt. And she's like, she went on to change her name. Cocoa and very iced tea. <laughs> I love my shoes. I want to fuck them. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's just a little anecdote. It's like 2001 now. Cool, cool, cool. I love Cocoa i do oh she's so funny she's so i really like her she's very funny she's like a good person they're both good people yeah they are really nice i think (laughs) anyway (laughs) because she's going to these parties she's like meeting and hanging out with the girlfriends so there's seven of them and there's like always kind of a main girlfriend yeah and it's basically like a sorority house like they all have their own rooms except for the main girlfriend she stays with half in his room there was an open spot because one girl was leaving wonder where she is I don't know. I mean, she threw around names, but I don't remember them. And I also don't know if she changed names, Mm. so I'm not really going to use them. And so she started to want to kind of get that spot because she's talking about how she's, wor- she's living in an apartment with a roommate and she's broke. Like, she's like, I literally can't pay rent. Like, I, if I don't move in here, I will be homeless. Mm. So she's like, well, but it seems like nice. They get allowances, they get cars, and she's worried about becoming homeless. So she asks Hef if she can start, you know, going out with them more. There's nothing confusing about this. No, it seems like a good gig. He is 70-something. You assume that there's not a lot you have to do. Well, she's asking the girls, "Do you sleep with them?" And they're like, "Oh my god, no!" They're like, "Only the main girlfriend does that." He just wants to be surrounded by pretty girls. Yeah, like not that he needs to fuck them all. Right? Sure. Yeah. So she goes over to the Playboy Mansion one night because they're about to go out to the clubs together. And she gets there. He must be so tired, Kendall. I don't know how he does it. I'm so tired. He must be so tired. No, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, she learns that he really likes making scrapbooks and documenting everything. <laughs> So the night before, like right before they are out to go out, they always take a picture. Like he has a photographer all the time. So they take a picture. And then the next morning, the print of the picture is left outside the girl's doors every morning. So she's like, it's, you're seeing yourself photographed a lot, if you know what I mean. Got it. Like, you know what you look like the night before. Is that the point? I don't know if it's the point. I think he might think it's like a nice thing. Yeah. Because she, he actually ha- had the world record for the biggest scrapbook. So okay. he literally <laughs> scrapbooked everything. Cool. So when they're out at the clubs, they can't talk to guys, of course. Um, in front of half but they do. I mean, they like go to the bathroom or whatever, and that's kind of how the other girls meet their side boyfriends, right? You can have a side boyfriend. You can't have a side boyfriend, but they do. But you do. But like Holly says, that only her and Bridget were the only ones who never had side boyfriends. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um. So that's they kind of find ways to sneak around. Holly. Uh. There's not a lot of love lost for her and these girlfriends she calls them the seven dingbats um and she notices at the club that that hef starts dancing and he looks ridiculous and she like laughed out loud and thought he was like kidding but he like wasn't kidding okay and so she kind of feels bad for him in a way like she's like All these girlfriends. Old people elicit a certain kind of like compassion. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and so she's like, these girls are are letting him humiliate himself. Like they're laughing at him behind his back. Yeah, I get that is rude, and she's kind of like, what the fuck are you guys like? Fuck you. So at this this night out, he leans into her and goes, Would you like a Quaalude? (laughs) (laughs) In the seventies, they used to call these babies thigh openers. Oh. And she's like, no, thanks. And so she's noticing that the other girlfriends are kind of like plying her with alcohol. Her? Yeah. Because they want her to like take it tonight. Yeah. Basically. Not, I, meant, I meant like. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So um, she gets really drunk and she had, she's like, I was basically stumbling out of there. <sighs> Fuck. At no. that point. So they get in the car, the limo or whatever to go back home. This is kind of when they, they drop the bomb on her. Like now we're going to go have sex with him. And she's like, wait, what? what? She's like, I thought we didn't do you this and they were like we did ah, it ah, i don't know they're pretending that that was them being like modest yeah when they lied yeah yeah it's like they kind of treated her like she was dumb for believing them okay yeah sorry girls like i mean they're in a weird situation too and like how would you behave it's unprecedented yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like don't be mean to other girls Right. So they get there and she calls this their bedtime routine, his bedtime routine. Watching Casablanca? No, but they do do that a lot. (laughs) So they go into his room, into his bathroom, and they're all like putting their feet in the tub. And she's like, it felt nice. Like my feet hurt from dancing. And then there's seven pairs of pajamas laid out and they all change into them and like are matching pajamas. This is so bone chilling. They walk into his bedroom. There's two huge screens projecting graphic porn and he's smoking a joint and jerking off <laughs> um <laughs> oh no and then she says they all start doing like a performance like they're kind of like sure. miming fucking each other like the girls are sure and she realizes that recruiting new girls takes the pressure off of them like he's more likely gonna want to have the sex new with a newer girl and they can just pretend to be doing shit with the other girls yeah and, They're, like, looking at their watches, basically. So the girl that I'm talking about, the main girl, she, Holly calls her Vicky. I don't know if that's her real name, but Vicky advises to Madison to fake the fuck when it's her turn. Okay. The thing is, like, that's coercion by them, too. It is. Yeah. So you don't need to fucking be manipulative and lie and, like, deceptive. Yeah, it's very Glaine Maxwell. (laughs) Yeah, like, you don't, I'm hearing their side of it that, like, it takes pressure off of them and they don't want to do it either. So it's, like, get someone else to do it. But, like, you could get, new blood without lying the thing is is that the girls have to lie or else everyone will know that they're sleeping with him too and they don't and want, they don't want it. to they're embarrassed by it wanted, yeah. and they don't want to be like oh you slept your way to a pictorial or but whatever like, you shouldn't be embarrassed right But yeah, yeah, I hear you. So Holly was recently on a podcast and talked about this. She said, I was wasted. He was literally pushed on top of me. And after it happened, I was just mortified and embarrassed. And it it had way more of an emotional impact on me than I thought it would. Yeah, you were assaulted. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily expecting to have sex that night. I thought it'd be more of a first date, even though obviously it's not a very traditional first date. Mm. I thought it'd be more of the type of thing where I saw that what happened, saw what was going on. If I wasn't comfortable with it, I wouldn't have to do anything, and I could make my decision on whether I wanted to come back for date number two or not. She said. While she had admired Hef at the time, what really horrified her was that all the other ladies knew she and the famed philanderer had slept together. So she's like, they saw me, and now they all know. And like, what am I going to do now? Like, I can't undo this. She was very drunk. You said, yeah. So if she feels like literally her ability to to assess the situation and decide what to do was impaired, that is not. Yeah. I mean, he wanted to give her a Quaalude, so. So she goes on to say, I thought he was really smart. I really looked up to him, so I liked him. And it wasn't that the idea of having sex with him repelled me so much. I know that's not relatable to a lot of people because they're like, oh God, he's a gross old man. It was more the group aspect that was really out of my comfort zone. And just the feeling of, wow, okay, that happened. Everyone knows it happened. I kind of all of a sudden felt like everybody was going to know about me and I was horrified by it. So this kind of prompted her to want to find a silver lining in this. Sure. And she kind of decided, well, because this happened, I'm just going to go full throttle and I'm going to make myself a girlfriend. So Mm, I'm going to be the girlfriend. So it's like less embarrassing. And like, at least I have somewhere to live now. Yeah. Um, She said that he had the good guy act down pat. She said she felt used by the girls, not Hef. He's had them do that Well, he's creating the culture exactly yeah yeah so th- she obviously like looking back knows the situation sure. but then she was like she felt betrayed by them mostly yeah they're also like your peers and he is like some weird old guy yeah it's like you really threw me under the bus yeah, you really threw me you. under the hef. yeah so she like works up the courage and asks and he said you can stay for a while and we can see how it works out Okay. so she ends up your she, half voice is like <laughs> really upsetting <laughs> she does it in her audiobook <laughs> so she got her own room and she shared a bathroom with vicky the one who the main one the main one who she says abused laxatives and there were thin walls so we're gonna lay out the <laughs> yeah i'm just blinking yeah you got me with that one uh-huh so She's like, they didn't hand me a fucking manual when I moved in. Like I had to kind They should. I know. Because there's a lot of rules. And they had to learn as you went on, basically. So the schedule was Mondays were manly night, meaning he had his boys over and (laughs) the girls could leave. (laughs) Who are they? tuesday was family night game night basically and when the, oh. and when his sons were young they would come over and they'd all play games together oh my god his sons like live in boathouses on the property they, do. <laughs> they live with his wife his ex-wife and like a pool house yeah or something. they live in a house next to the property and they like come over and do a game night i wonder what they because they obviously have the company now i wonder yeah. what, i wonder what they do with the fucking mansion i think it's sold Oh, it's gone Wednesday and Friday is club nights, so that's the night when they go out and they do the bedtime ritual God, twice a week. He's out, yeah. Wednesdays, Thursdays are an off night, they don't, no one does anything, so the girls can do whatever they want. But they do always, he is like seeking medical treatment, <laughs> <laughs> he's hooked up to an IV. They are, he's recovering from fucking Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> is that liquid IV? <laughs> um. But they do every night have a curfew of 9 p.m. That is that is all the time. Um, Saturday, they have a dinner and a movie. Sundays are fun on the Sunday and dinner and a movie. Um, so they get one night off a week. Yeah. I mean, they can do what they want during the days, but they're mostly like shopping and going to the salons and stuff. Yeah. Keeping looking like that. They get a weekly clothing allowance of a thousand dollars. And he has. I would be saving that. You can't. Well, I'll get into it. So they have a weekly, weekly clothing allowance of $1,000. Um, And he has like an open tab at the salon. Like you can get anything done there. But and they'll cap you at 1000 for For your clothes. Like they'll give you cash of 1000 Okay. But you can go get procedures done for free. Oh my God. Like get your hair done, get your whatever done. Yeah. Okay. Waxes, whatever. Okay. Tanning, nails. <laughs> uh, filler. Filler. Well, he does pay for their plastic surgery too. Cool. If they ask. That's nice. Um, they're not Girl. allowed to fraternize with the staff. There were two instances of girls having affairs with the staff. Oh, I would do that. Yeah, Kendra apparently got in trouble for spending too much time in the butler's quarters. Um, so Holly says they start to bond over their love of classic movies. Yeah, um, cool. they'd watch classic movies a lot, and then they'd get screeners of blockbuster movies that were coming um, out in theaters and stuff like that. I don't know what he liked? I have no idea what was coming out in like two thousand to wedding crashers bring it on (laughs) i don't know (laughs) know. uh she did say that there was vaseline baby oil and kleenex in every bathroom by the grotto tennis courts and pool bar Grotto. yeah uh she was offered oh no she said um some girls would sneak off in someone's trunk of their car sometimes why because they couldn't be out past nine and if they had their side boyfriends. So they're like teenagers. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm in my room. It reminds me like of a lot of a like shimmy down house. the drain pipe. Wow. Yeah. And they could obviously like order food at any hour of the night. I recall that. Yeah. So she's still working at Hooters right now. And she was offered to be like the stores, like, or the restaurants, like rep in the magazine. I and wonder why said she's no. not making enough money at Hooters. I don't know. I mean, apartment in LA. LA. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Can you repeat the last sentence? She was offered to be a... Representative, uh, for her like branch or whatever, and be put in the like highlight of Hooters magazine, mm. and he said no, and she was like, why? And he screamed because you working there makes me jealous, and so she had to quit her job at Hooters. So you working there makes how does he even conjure up feelings of jealousy at 78 She says he's like he is, is he kidding. He like cries and stuff. Like he like cries uh. and says like you're making me jealous. What? Yeah. Um. So he would always dangle the possibility of becoming a playmate. It wasn't like a hard and fast rule, but he seemed to stop giving it to girlfriends because he thought they were like using him And they'll that. leave after that. And yeah, and they'll leave once they get it. Once they're like full-fledged models. Exactly. Oof. So she tells a story about a club night where they, they all kind of weren't feeling it. So they all like unionized <laughs> and like went to him and they're like, we don't want to go. And he was like, oh, wow. And so he, he, starts, he must. But you know that he is like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking final! Somebody said it. <laughs> so he started to um stir the pot between them and kind of make them all hate each other, so they wouldn't band together and like rise oh up against my him. Oh fucking god! Yeah, he's a fascist, <laughs> and he kind of wanted them to like fight because it's it made him feel like they were fighting over him. Oh my god! Is he okay? No, you <laughs> <Hefner>? No.
1: <laughs> um, it seems
0: like he needs a lot of attention, <laughs> and so she didn't know about like the the unionizing. And so he was like, "Why can't you all just be a good girl like Holly?" which put a target on her back. For sure. Obviously. Thank you. So the girls start bullying her a lot, and she um calls them starfuckers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and she felt like she was getting dumber by being there and said, "You are the company you keep." She hates these girls. I mean, look, if someone's being fucking mean to you, yeah. I understand finding reasons, finding names to call them. Yeah. Starfucker is a very 2001, yeah. Insult today, we'd be like, and we love that about her, right? But she's mostly saying, like, when they'd go out to the clubs, they'd like flock around famous guys, or like, yeah, that is life. It's like, why are you here then to not be a star? Fucker? Wh- yeah, why are you starving to death in LA if you don't want to fuck famous people? Exactly, <laughs> like, come on, the jig then, is up. Then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing around, ton. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck who was famous in 2001? <laughs> Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead um, so she describes you know feeling a little bit of a Stockholm Syndrome stuff she started seeing only the good parts of him and started feeling protective of him and she said falling in love with him was a decision she made yeah like she was like I'm just to make this bearable for me yeah I'm gonna choose to love this guy it same makes reason it she's adapting and, and deciding to see the good in, in the whole situation yeah she's like just, yeah. I need to make this okay for myself uh-huh so I'm gonna tell myself whatever I need to tell myself yeah and also if she's so clear clearly like averse to being a star fucker i'm sure it's helpful to her now that she's fucked you hefner to be like i really loved him yeah to be like and that's my man or at least i thought i did (laughs) yeah you know truly like she's in a situation that is unnavigable like i have no qualms about whatever she needs to tell herself right right whatever man whatever and so the thing about the cash allowance thing for clothes is that they would find out like what did you buy and if it didn't like add up to like about a thousand dollars and he knew you were like pocketing it and then would reduce the allowance ew yeah so it's like staff that would be checking that right yeah so like mary or the girls tattle on each other and so how do you know because if if they found out that whatever was not spending their money on what they're supposed to spend their money on then they would all lose their allowance oh my god he is the fucking monster yeah so christmases Dude, were always like 10 bucks a week yeah she was she ended up like trying to pay off her debt because she had a lot of student loans and loans from her boobs so she was able to pay those off over time but yeah. not like totally make a substantial amount of money like she didn't have a lot of personal wealth yeah I, this all sounds like It's designed for you not to be able to to function independently. Yeah. It's a cult. Like you're not supposed to be able to stay here and get your shit together and leave. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to stay here and have to stay here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Christmas was always with Hef and no one minded that because he was the most generous at Christmas time. Okay. You could sell your shit. Yeah. A lot of people did. Cool. They were given allowances to buy gifts for the other girlfriends. Because he wants it to be like fun. (laughs) Yeah. And he he encouraged like them to get like matching shit. Like they'd all get like matching bags. What is that? Matching clothes when matching, you said whatever. like seven pairs of identical <laughs> <My, laughs> like, but <laughs> you know they were flannel <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like cash uh you could really only spend it on clothes like i think holly said one girlfriend could just got everyone like best buy gift cards one year with the cash uh, he gave him and he was like not happy i wouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he only leased cars for them so yeah. he didn't want them like driving off a lot and fully paid for cars Because they would leave. Because they would leave. And they wouldn't be able to afford the lease payments on their own if they left. So he would just lease them the nice cars. So she gets promoted to girlfriend number one and moves into his room. Which (laughs) kind (laughs) of (laughs) sucks. So she talks a lot in the book about how it was really easy to lose your identity among like seven... He wants you to wear the same matching outfits. Yeah. Among like the same identical girls. Yeah. Yeah. So she has an idea because she's like oh he really loves Marilyn Monroe like maybe I'll switch up my look so she goes to um, a hair salon and gets like a short haircut like a retro haircut he stab her in the face? <laughs> and they like kind of give her like some retro makeup like she has red lipstick on so she goes home she's in their like vanity their closet or whatever it's not gonna go good and she's like I have something to show you puffin and he freaks out why He apparently he hates red lipstick like it is known like that he hates it is it (laughs) It is known it is lore that he hates red lipstick and and she kind of was like well I didn't think he'd hate it on me like I thought like how serious can it be see pretty fucking serious so he freaks out and he says you look old hard and cheap I'm frozen in space and time Hugh Hefner is telling a 24 year old Holly Madison (laughs) she looks old hard and cheap. Yeah uh huh. Because of red lipstick. Uh huh. So she's obviously devastated by this. So, what? You want to style have like frosty pink, uh huh, mall lips? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to have, like hot topic lips? With, like lilac eyeshadow? Yeah. He da- and frosty pink eyebrows. Pos- <laughs> yeah. What? So, this is the time when Bridget comes and becomes a girlfriend, and her and Bridget like, become besties because she did obviously did not get along with the other girlfriends it was pretty miserable for her she talks a lot about how mean they were so she goes in to vicky's room one day and there's like there's a patch over the vent and she's like what the fuck is that from she's like oh blah blah blah, was in here smoking meth the other day <laughs> <laughs> and it has a horrible smell and she was like oh uh, okay and she's like talking shit about some other girl and she's like you know how like when you're doing coke and there's the lines and there's like a pile of leftover coke she's like yeah she's like well that girl doesn't do the line she does the whole fucking pile <laughs> okay And holly's like crazy damn so then this vicky starts talking about how a lot of the girls in the house have sugar daddies who like pay for all Pardon? their stuff and like buy them not apartments hef? not have buy them apartments blah 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 She's like, so is that something you would be interested in? Oh, so she's fishing. Yeah. And Holly's like, no. And then she obviously freaks out at her because she's like, you're judging me. You're pissed that I'm not, you don't want to do it. Oh. And it comes to light that there was an escort service called Nikki's Girls that was populated with a lot of Hef's girlfriends and playmates and playboy bunnies. That's humiliating for him. Yes, it is. (laughs) And so it's all secret it's like high, high, high clientele. Like these girls are shipped to Turkey. Yeah, to it's like the girls with... who do yachting now. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's like, like that. that. It's like yachting. And she didn't really know about that until after. And so one of these girls, another girl in the house is about to be, maybe not in the house, another girl that Holly's friends with is about to be considered for Playmate of the Year. She calls Holly and she's like, they just told me I can't be Playmate of the Year anymore. And she's like, why? She's like, they want to see my passport and and I don't have it. And she's like, why don't you have it? But she knows that she just can't show her passport because if it has a stamp to Turkey. Oh, my God. She can't be Playmate of the Year. So Turkey, huh? Turkey. Yeah, that was a big one. So she tells a story about meeting Paris Hilton in the club. Apparently Heff adored Paris Hilton. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Loved her. Thought she was really (laughs) great and funny. Yeah. He wanted her to shoot a photo shoot for them. But um, apparently Kathy Hilton said she'd disinherit Paris if she did it. This is pre-sex tape. So she didn't do it. I bet that I don't even know if that was true. Maybe she was just trying not to hurt his feelings. So all the other girlfriends leave. And then Kendra comes in. Kendra starts. Why did the girls leave? They're like too restrained. Yeah. And like no one really lasts that long. Like unless you're like a main girlfriend, like they kind of just leave. They have boyfriends that they want to go live with. Mm -hmm. So Kendra comes in. So it's only it's Holly, Bridget and Kendra right now. And Holly's like super excited. She's like, fuck those other bitches. Like, I'm so glad they're gone. Maybe there'll be peace now he doesn't want peace. Like he wants us to hate each other. Yeah. And she talks about Kendra as being kind of a brat. Which, she's a teenager. She's 19. Yeah. And you can kind of see that in the show. Like she's a little loud and a little like dumb yeah. ditzy blonde, you know, she starts being like rude to like staff that Holly oh, and Holly really hates that tough. And then, so they're about to go out to dinner and Kendra comes down the stairs and she's wearing red lipstick. And Holly's like, Oh boy, she's really going to get it. And Hef is like, that looks great on you. What the hell? Yeah, is that to stir it up? We don't know. He's weirdly interested in the, the politics? petty shit. Yeah. yeah, he loves it. I think later that night they go to a club and Kendra's like dancing on a table, like being crazy, and she knocks over a candle and spills hot wax all over Holly's leg, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and like doesn't say anything about it. And then they go home and Kendra like they're like in a line to get out of the club and it's like a long congested hallway or whatever. Mm. And Kendra like pushes Holly and is like, "Move, bitch! Get out the way!" <laughs> and Holly like turns around, just like, "You call me a bitch? You just poured hot wax all over me and didn't even apologize!" And Kendra's like, "It was a song." Okay. <laughs> and then like they get in the limo. it's just like interaction with a teenager. Yeah. And they get in the limo, and he's like, "You should apologize to Holly for spilling it on her." And then Kendra just bursts into tears. You know. And it's like, you guys are my family. Like, so then Holly says that Kendra starts faking her laugh. Like, you know, her like iconic laugh to be like, "Ah! do it. (laughs) I think (laughs) that's (laughs) it. Um, To like get attention, to like stand out. She's like, we are all trying to stand out. And, like, when you are, again, a teen, you'll stand out by being super fucking annoying. Yeah, they're like, Kendra just screams in the middle of a room just so everyone will look at her. So Girls Next Door starts in 2005. And my life starts in 2005. (laughs) And the beginning of the end for me. (laughs) Holly has a lot of anxiety about the show. She doesn't really know how they're going to portray them. Like, she has a lot of distrust of how they're going to portray them. Does Hef have any, can he affect that at all? He has complete control okay <laughs> like he says he doesn't want any drama between the girls on the show but there he wants has to, like, to be there isn't really in the show about them in fighting really because he, he won't allow it because he wants it to be like a nice he wants them all to think that he has like a great perfect little and they're sure. all happy there like he wants it to be like he, they're all happy there um so they ask her a question like when they're first doing pr for this they ask her when did you know you were beautiful and she was like i didn't i made myself beautiful yeah. She's saying that her self-esteem has been beaten down so much by him that she's like, What? Like she doesn't even consider herself beautiful. Like she always thinks she's the ugly she one. She has no ownership over it. Yeah. And she's like, I got my nose job, I got my boobs done, like I just did it. She yeah. like, I decided that this was gonna be my life. Okay. Respect if that is her whole truth. That's cool. Right. <laughs> That's so it's like legitimately cool. <laughs> she's very depressed. Um oh. <laughs> and she asks if she can see a therapist and he says no because what? he thinks a therapist will tell her just to leave well yeah but she does get on effects which i was on early <laughs> <laughs> So Hef comes to her and he's like, so we've decided on the characters for the show, like what you guys are going to be. Pardon me. (laughs) And he's like, Kendra's going to be the one who wants to go out and have fun. Bridget's going to be the one who wants to have a career. And you're going to be the one who really cares about me. Okay. And she's like, okay. (laughs) What is the Bridget role that isn't even like a clear archetype? (laughs) I know. Yeah. And she's like, I also want a career, but I guess Bridget's the only one who does. Whatever. How fucking weird. Yeah. So they finally get a pictorial. The three of them. And they get paid $25,000 for it. And they get no money for the first season of Girls Next Door. (laughs) Holly talks about a moment when they're meeting with the producers to kind of talk about season two. And she describes Kendra being like, so shouldn't we like be getting paid? (laughs) And they're like, you are replaceable. This show is about Hugh Hefner and who he chooses to date the producers said that yeah damn what did they care i know they're they I truly believe that any girls could come in and do the show yeah but like why are you being mean they do eventually get paid but the first season they didn't get any money okay um the show obviously becomes a major success um, In my home i accounted for all the views <laughs> and so for storylines i kind of have to like figure out storylines so holly asks for an internship at like a photo editing place yeah Uh, Well, at at Playboy But she um, And then she actually gets a job As a photo editor at Playboy And they're getting along And so what I wanted to tell you About how he selects these girls Is that every girl Who ever goes to the Playboy mansion Has a Polaroid picture taken of her And then he labels it A, B, or C (gasps) And A (laughs) This is shocking to you? (laughs) Do I offend? Uh Uh-huh This is just like sorority recruitment Oh my god, but I didn't do that (laughs) So A is like, she could be a girlfriend, like definitely bring her to the Sunday she's fun She's an days. A. Yeah. Bring, bring her, her an A. Yeah, bring her to the exclusive parties, whatever. B is like, she can come to the big parties, like she can keep coming and maybe she'll turn into an A. And C is like, if we need warm bodies at a party. And so Holly tells a story about how she's, she's been there for years at this point. And she goes through all these old files. So she finds hers and she's an A. <laughs> cool. And she's or, like, oh. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God. Like I'm an A. And I think Mary O'Connor is the one that you remember, like the secretary. She's like, of course you are an A. Yeah. So she she can't see herself. Yeah. He's like, of course you're an A. And she's like, Oh my God. I thought he thought I was ugly. So Kendra starts acting out a little bit. She's getting really insecure about her acne. Do you remember? She's a teen. Yeah. So she goes on like Accutane and starts like refusing to leave her room. (laughs) <laughs> and she's also she's like having a teenage fit. She really dating a teenage girl got a teenage fit exactly. And this is when she starts secretly dating Hank Basket, who will be her future husband. Well, that won't work out. So that is kind of like why they think she was receding a little bit. And Holly's getting more and more unhappy. She can't really see a way out, and she's been feeding the line to everybody on the show that like she can't wait for it just to be her and half, and how they're gonna she have wants to get married, and how they want to get married. And she says that Hef did send sperm samples and none of them were viable. Oh, God. Okay, so after like five seasons, they're all ready to leave. Kendra's going to go be with Hank. Bridget's going to go do sexy beaches. <laughs> <laughs> and Holly's like, what the fuck? So she's like, it, it, it might be just me and Hef now. But so she gets a night out free and she goes to Las Vegas and she hangs out with someone Chris she Angel. met. Chris Angel. Mr. Chris <laughs> Angel. <laughs> Uh-huh. But she hangs out with them. They, like, go out to dinner or they get, like, room service because she's like, we can't be photographed together. And then she gets a call from Hef the next morning. <laughs> he says, thank you for giving me the worst night of my life. I fucking doubt it. You've been alive 79 years. I know. And she's like, what? And he's like, you had a man in your room last night because Ugh. he obviously had spies. That is so fucking scary. It's like the princesses in Dubai. Um. So she tells him that she's leaving. And so while she's, like, cleaning out her stuff, she stumbles upon a document. And she's like, this is very su- suspicious because he does not willy-nilly leave documents around. He left it for her to find. Yes, he left it for her to find. He's a fucking manipulator. And it's a it's his will that As says... cut her out. Upon his death, she will get $3 million if she stays in the mansion when he's dead. It's not a lot. Like, I know. Like, if he... If she stays with him till his death, essentially, she he get could be allowed ten more years, right? And she's like, uh, no, she's like actually very offended by this, and is like, he can buy me, you know. And she kind of talks about in the book how she wanted to be an actress, and then while she was there, she was like, I'd be happy with just being famous for being famous. She's just, like, I, if I were out of jail, yeah, she's <laughs> like, I want f- fame for fame's sake at this point. So she starts dating Chris Angel. <laughs> And that is a weird choice. They move in together away right away, and he is very horrible. He's verbally abusive. She worries that he might become physically abusive. Oh my god! He like grossly like name drops celebrities that he's had sex with while he was in the um Leonardo DiCaprio. No, he wasn't. That was David Blaine. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Street musician Annie. (laughs) Fuck! I did. You mixed up your street musicians again, (laughs) idiot. So she leaves him... And she gets a part in Peep Show, like a Vegas show. She's really happy about that. And then she gets a spin-off Holly's World. And that's when Crystal comes into the fucking game and those twins. Um, they're the new girlfriends. And Crystal apparently is really rude to Holly and like is really upset at the mention of Holly. Like very insecure about Holly. Holly's not even there anymore. I know. But like if there's stuff, like Holly like renovated a room and she like wants to change. Like she doesn't want any trace of Holly having been there. Damn, is she okay? No, obviously. <laughs> she Nobody does. (laughs) leave Hef at the altar what yeah like they're about to get married and she bolts (laughs) like literally bolts that's funny she planned that and goes and lives with like her side boyfriend and then like they they film a special like runaway bride about it. And like Holly and Kendra are interviewed for it. I mean, whatever, man, we're yeah. all on our own path. Maybe yeah. you had to leave Hugh Hefter at the altar. <laughs> then they get married. Like she comes back eventually. She's oh. Holly's like, essentially, Why she, stopped, he her back? she stopped getting publicity for being the runaway bride. And she says, crawl back with her tail between your legs to the mansion. Whatever. And, and he has tried to get Holly to come back a few times. And she was like, fuck off. I'm not coming back. Yeah. Oh, and they do the sixth season of girls next door. And they are like, They just didn't have anything going on. Like, it was so boring. They do, the sixth season, they always, like, tease a little bit of the old girls, you know? Like, they always, the old girls are, like, on the cover of the DVD, even though they're, like, not in the season. Like, people just weren't interested in, like, Crystal and the other ones. I'm certainly not. I didn't watch it. Well, we were, like, 14 by then. We were done. I don't know. If they were still on I probably would have watched it. But (laughs) Crystal says in, like, one of her interviews... On the show is like, I'm not the new Holly. She's like the old me or whatever. So what? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and Holly's That's like illogical. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and so Kendra has her spinoff. And this is when they kind of have their falling out. Holly and Kendra do. It's weird. They like film a scene and then Kendra stops taking her calls. And she basically says she, get, she gets getting calls from the network saying that Kendra is refusing to work. And Holly says she's never had to work for a thing in her life and that she was getting a trashy reputation and she didn't want to be associated with it and she hoped that she would get off the couch and get her own career. God damn. Yeah, she did say that. Well, Kendra has like a... I think she has like a Selling Sunset type show. She does now. It's like uh, Kendra sells something. Let's talk about Kendra for a minute. I just threw this in because I think it's funny. In 2008, the Wall Street Journal reported that Wilkinson was Olive Garden's biggest celebrity fan. (laughs) (laughs) Wilkinson has described Olive Garden cuisine as... my. (laughs) as my soul food <laughs> the newspaper emphasized that her repeated enthusiastic public endorsements of the family restaurant were genuine personal and were not tied to any payment from Olive Garden <laughs> in fact the company was reported as viewing Wilkinson's endorsement as mixed with mixed feelings <laughs> and something the restaurant was reluctant to comment on since it emphasizes a family friendly nature balls up <laughs> come on I'm bringing you money I'm bringing you fucking customers The mixed feelings about her saying it's her soul food (laughs) i think i recall that my recollection is that it was olive garden and chicken fingers (laughs) yeah yeah so in may 2010 a video recording of wilkinson having sex with a then unidentified Uh man surfaced the recording was acquired by vivid entertainment who planned to distribute the tape as kendra exposed wilkinson contested the release and threatened to sue Radar online reported that in two thousand and eight Wilkinson herself set up a company called Home Run Productions through which she made several attempts to sell sex tapes sources her ha- own? yeah uh. sources have reported that Wilkinson was paid six hundred and eighty thousand dollars for the film that was made by her and her high school boyfriend when she was eighteen. Oh, she was eighteen, so this is what Holly's talking about of like she's getting a trashy reputation, like she thinks that she put out the sex tape on purpose well. If it was gonna get out anyway, then she deserves to make some money. power over it and to make something from it, not just random guys yeah. to make money off of this. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. And like Kim Kardashian, ha- that had already happened. Like it's- and it worked. and Paris Hilton already happened. It seemed like kind of the way to go. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Right. Obviously, Kendra married Hank. They actually got married at the Playboy Mansion, which is weird. a weird choice. Um. So. Fast forward with them. She did have two children with Hank in July 2014. It's reported that Kendra threw her wedding ring in the toilet after she discovered Hank had cheated on her with a transgender model while she was eight months pregnant with her daughter. What is with cheating on someone when they're pregnant? I will say it till the day I die. Men lose their fucking minds when their girlfriend or wife is pregnant. They go fucking berserker. That is so insane. They either kill you or cheat on you. They might kill you. It's one or the other. Yeah. God damn. I actually her solo show. Show. Yeah. Was, again, to my recollection, all about her being so mean to her mom and grandma. <laughs> yeah, she was. She is. A little bratty. She's like, really was not nice. Yeah, she. But wasn't. obviously it has nothing to do with me. She i to you pregnant. Yeah, I'm like where did that well, come? She from she was a bitch. Interesting thought <laughs> pattern you have there. No, I wanted to say it earlier, but I couldn't find a moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the <laughs> Hank denied the infidelity allegations and opened up about what he claimed really happened on marriage boot camp in July 2015. Oh, they were on VH1. Uh huh. Basket said he thought he was going somewhere to buy weed to alleviate his depression, but things took a turn. Quote, what? what I walked into scared me. I instantly felt I had lost everything just because of what I had seen. I wanted to get out, but I couldn't move. This person came to me and touched me. You are so full of baloney you are wrong for that hank you are perpetuating bad bad well, stereotypes first here. of all this idea of like a transgender sex worker surprising you with a dick yeah and like, come on that's gonna yeah. get them fucking killed yeah and and he's saying he was just there to buy weed okay and then he you're walks in into california you don't need to go to somewhere shady to buy weed Yeah, <laughs> in 2014 you need to you go don't need to yeah yeah and you're like, saying you were assaulted that essentially is so crazy yeah also dropping in to help with my depression yeah so you have to feel what for a me piece of shit for feel for real. me help me yeah but especially pretending that like he was lured in not knowing this person was transgender mm-hmm.
1: fuck I you fucking like, doubt literally it.
0: people died because of that yeah so fuck off yeah mm-hmm. they are divorced um yeah. apparently they're co-parenting whatever and she has Gotta that like selling sunset type ass shit <laughs> Holly went on to marry Pasqual, someone named Pasquale. Cool. Kid uh, named. Yeah. And their kid, they had a daughter named Rainbow yeah. and then a son named Forrest. Yeah. Um, they did get divorced uh, a couple years ago, I think. And she is dating someone else. I don't know. And Bridget, I believe, has a long term boyfriend. I don't think they've ever gotten married or she's ever gotten married. And she has like a ghost hunting podcast. And I think Holly was just on it, and I think her and Holly are going to do a show together about haunted I'm shit. So excited! Yeah, it's Holly and Bridget ghost hunting. That's so cute. I know. I'm so excited. That's that. I'm glad to be out of this world. I'm gonna yeah. Be, there's going to be honest nothing with you. scarier than like 2003. Seriously, period. Like the way that they. I mean, all I want to say is look up the Shannon twins and look at their hold pictorials. On, hold on, hold You're gonna on. fucking. Can you freak. spell that for me? Shannon twins. just oh, the, like Shannon the Shannon twins. Shannon? Yeah. Like Playboy, the Shannon twins. I, bet you, I hope you have parental control off. It always alerts me like, do you want the controls? <laughs> this is gross. This is really <laughs> gross. Are you sure? Oh, they're like, it's incesty. I'm just talking about their matching outfits right now. They're mounting each other in a few of them. Oh, they really are, huh? Yeah. Kitty's out. This is so... I can't believe that this happened. Like, is this legal? Oiled up bare ass nude twin sisters weird yeah oh also i did reach out to holly for comment related (laughs) they're not just related annie they're twins kendall they're sisters they're twin sisters i know and i know that like people don't think the girls are people but we are (laughs) and like so this is just like this and what if this were two male siblings i know or you like, or like that. a boy like, why and girl. Why do sisters sister to fuck? I have no idea, but they do because they don't think we're people. Yeah, they're just like, ooh, twice, two, one girl, twice, <laughs> twice, <laughs> one girl, twice. <laughs> Yay, one girl, twice. <laughs> Gross. So, I mean, not. like. I'm not mad at them, but I'm I, mad at what they had to do. <laughs> I know. I did post on my Instagram story that I was listening to her audiobook, Holly's audiobook, and she did respond with the hard eyes emoji. So I think this it's is not nothing. This is tacit approval. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm glad to not talk about this anymore. You want to get over it? Yeah. Any final words, my friend? Yeah. Feel free to absorb this information. Feel free to share misinformation, but ask for where you heard it. Tell no one. Tell no one. Bye. Bye.